0: I know you guys don't believe this, but it is my job to find positives. And I take that job very, very seriously. I know that you guys think that I'm Buzz Killington and I'm a hater and negative. I promise you, I don't start my day that way. I normally read something or find a stat, and then it changes my opinion on something. But I certainly want to sell you guys good news. When you're happy, I'm happy. My bosses are happy. Everyone's happy. I have found the biggest positive from yesterday's game. Did you guys see McCall Hartman yesterday? Now, Rob, I see you making that face. Don't make that face at me. This is a team that needs some kind of explosiveness. That job, that explosive wide receiver, Gadget player role is still up for grabs. It is not Kadarius Tony. It's not MVS. It's probably not going to be Richie James. Is there someone who in the game on Saturday night against Miami can make a play? I'm not saying that McCole Hardman's going to get six to eight touches in the game. In the three or four that you get, can you make an impact play? And the three times that you touch the ball, whether it's on special teams, whether it's on an end around, do you have a positive impact on the game? Why can that player not be McColl Hardman? I thought he looked good yesterday. I thought he looked healthy yesterday. I have never really had many questions about a healthy McColl Hardman and his ability to help the team. Now, is he ever going to be the wide receiver that is worthy of the second-round pick? No, but we've known that now for three years. I'm not asking that. At this point in the season, you know who you're riding and dying with if you are the Chiefs. More Rice, more Pacheco, more Kelsey, less everything else. But sometimes somebody else has to touch the ball. Those aren't going to be the only three offensive players that touch the ball. If you got to give a couple of touches to anybody that's not one of those three, I don't know if McCole Hartman is a bad option for Sunday's or Saturday's game against Miami. He knows what it's like to play in big games and has, I would say, in his career, he has made some big spark pop plays for the Kansas City Chiefs that if given that opportunity in a playoff game, I think he can do it. I think the lone positive from the game, because it wasn't a game that you were looking for positives or negatives. I think it was, I think you saw a healthy McCole Harmon who had a little bit of burst and could possibly create a little bit of a spark next week against Miami. I know you're about to hate on McCole Harmon. Go ahead. I know you're about to hate because you love to hate.
1: I'm not going to hate on McCole Harmon. I'm not, but... Carrington, you can't have it both ways. You can't for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks hammer on me and hammer on the show and talk all the time about the Chiefs' best chance to win the playoffs is to pare down the wide receiver room, trim down the touches, let's be small, concise. I still want to do that. If you're adding one back into the fold, that's not how it works. I'm also taking other
0: ones out. I'm tired of them throwing the ball three to four times to MVS. I'm tired of it. Pair his opportunities down. Pair Justin Watson's opportunities down. Both things can be true. You know how many targets Rasheed Rice should get in this game on Saturday? Eight. Nine. You know how many targets Travis Kelsey should get? Eight. Nine. You know how many times you should throw it out of the backfield to Pacheco? Four. Five. All right, we're at 25 targets. Let's say you throw it 32 times. Somebody else has to get them. How about we not give MVS his normal two drops a game? You can't drop the ball if they don't throw it to you. You can't. You throw it a couple of times to McCall Hardman. Just see what happens. You throw it a couple of times to McCall. You throw it a couple of times to Noah Gray. Maybe you get a random other target, and that's it. I don't care about anybody's feelings anymore. I don't care about getting anybody else involved or trying to, hey, we got to feed everybody and spread the ball around. No, that time is over. That was great the first time they played Miami. Back in October, it was great. I'm not interested in that anymore. I'm saying is that role right now for that spark gadget player is available. I don't know if that's going to Kadarius, Tony. Sky Moore is not eligible for this game. That's not what MVS is. If they got two or three of those plays, a reverse, a jet sweep, a direct handoff, I, I think the McCall harvin is their best option.
1: I mean, if the Chiefs are going to do exactly what you say, and they're going to pare it down but work Hardman back into the fold, then okay, I actually agree with you. But what do I say all the time about the run game with Andy Reid? It applies here. Andy Reid is who Andy Reid is. Andy Reid is going to keep giving MVS routes. He's going to keep giving him cardio because I've seen 18 weeks of the season. I saw five, six, seven weeks of the season. I saw it. You saw it. Text line saw it. Mahomes saw it. Everyone's seen MVS, not the answer. Who consistently gets the most snaps a wide receiver behind Rasheed Rice? MVS. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm over that. I don't want that anymore. What's the saying we always have on this show, Carrington? There's the world the way it should be and the world we live in. That's fair. You, by making McCole Hardman a focal point in the playoffs, are living in the world the way we want it to be. That's not the world as it is. MVS is going to get snaps on Saturday. He's going to get an annoying amount of snaps. He's going to get two targets. He's going to drop probably one ball, maybe both. That's going to happen on Saturday. So the Chiefs offense is going to get back to the Chiefs offense of old, which is another thing we've said for 18 weeks. Then it's got to pare down players like McCole Hardman who were late-season additions and then got hurt. I'm sorry the trade for McCall Hardman back hasn't worked out. But don't give Andy Reid more toys because he'll do more tinkering. And when Andy is tinkering, you know what doesn't help? The
0: offense. Someone on the text line says, CDOT. Hasn't Justin Watson been the second best wide receiver on the team? No, I, he has been. Justin Watson had 460 yards this year. They don't have a second best wide receiver. They don't have a third best wide receiver. That's not what they have. They have Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice. They have Isaiah Pacheco running the football. And then your guess is as good as anybody else's. That's all they have. They got got three offensive players. We know the names at this point. There is not a single other offensive player that you can consistently trust on this team. And I don't have any issues with Justin Watson. But you are not winning a playoff game. Because Justin Watson has four catches for 64 yards. That, that is not why you were winning a postseason game. You were not winning it because MVS, no. That's not how you were winning. They threw it to MVS 42 times this year. He only caught 21 of them. 50% of the time that you throw the ball to MVS, it is an incompletion. And he had 315 yards. Stop it. Don't do it anymore. Give those touches to somebody else. That's what I'm here for. I would say another positive, Rob, because I'm here to look for positives. Look outside. It's snowing. It's, it's, the weather outside is frightful. Let me give you another positive from yesterday. Yo, Charles Aminahou has been a dog the last month. A dog. He has been a player that you think you can win a playoff game because he makes one or two plays, and that is the difference in you winning the game. He has been a player that you can expect him to create havoc. He gets a sack. He gets you off the field, a tackle for loss. He forces a fumble. He makes a play. He has been a difference maker for this defense in the last six weeks. He was great yesterday. He was maybe their best player on the field yesterday was Charles Aminu. Well, that's. True, no, I, I, but I, partly a product of who's on the field. I, too. I'm, I'm with you. Some, somebody had to be their best player yesterday. I am just happy that it is a guy who has proven. I would say over the last couple of weeks to be unblockable. That's what he's been. He has been unblockable these last couple of weeks. Unblockable is what he's been. I think yesterday in the very limited sample that we got, I'm not trying to make it seem like yesterday, something was unlocked for the chiefs. It was a week 18 game in which your starters didn't play. I think you saw a helpful version of McCole Hardman who looked healthy, a helpful version, and I think you got the best version of Charles Amenahu. And if that can stay, we know what the formula's going to be. Look outside. It's going to be like this on Saturday, cold, snowy, wet. You know my Four things. Run the football. Control the line of scrimmage. Play good defense. Limit mistakes. If you do that, you beat Miami unquestioned you beat Miami, run the football, control the line of scrimmage, limit mistakes, hold them under 21 points. If that's the formula, Miami is not beating the Chiefs on Saturday. I don't think they're capable, not with the current version of Miami and beating the Chiefs if they stick to that formula. The problem is they haven't stayed to that formula a whole lot this season. Something usually goes wrong. They lose on the line of scrimmage. They turn the football over. It's playoff time now. One mistake, one holding call, one false start, one mistake can be the reason why you were watching playoffs with us in week two, why you were not advancing. It's go time. So it's about finding the right players, and that's it, and limiting the opportunities to those others and maximizing the opportunities from the guys that you think can help you advance and go on this run because they have one of the more difficult runs, I would say, of any team in this postseason. Let's talk about that coming up on the other side. If you want to look at the pathway, the Chiefs got it tough. Keep it right here, it's The Drive.
1: You're listening to The Drive with Carrington
0: Harrison, brought to you by the Deep Esqually Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this on
1: 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Kansas City, is Justin Reed. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison
0: on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Right, I got distracted by this text. We'll talk about what I teased, but I don't want to do that yet. I want to read this text message. Because this has been a criticism of me on the text line, and let's now that the playoff field is set, let's have this conversation. CDOT, I know we want to continue to blame the wide receiver core, but at some point you can't continue to say that we don't have a second and third best wide receiver. A lot of the blame should be placed on the quarterback. And Patrick Mahomes, he has had one of his worst seasons to date. Kid or whatever you want to blame it on, he has had a lack of focus and dedication. He is not himself. Tons of mistakes and poorly thrown balls. Yes, receivers have been dropping passes, but that's wearing blinders if that's all you see, Carrington. Okay, that's fine. We have now, we now have the playoff teams. We know the 14 teams in the playoffs. Do you think there is any team in the NFL that would trade the weapons that they have for the ones that Patrick Mahomes has? Is there anyone? We can go through the AFC playoff. Let's do this first. These are the seven teams in the AFC. So the six other than Kansas City, Baltimore, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Miami, Cleveland, and Houston is there any of those teams that you think have worse weapons than what Kansas City has? Because I think the answer is clearly no. There is not any one of those teams that if you would swap offensive line, wide receiver, running back, and tight end as a group, supporting cast, there is not a single one that would take the Chiefs over theirs. Not a single one. What team is even close you think, Rob? Cleveland?
1: No. Is Cleveland
0: I'm... team? Because I would argue then if we're saying Cleveland, Cleveland's number one option is better than Kansas City's number one option. Amari Cooper is a better wide receiver than Rice. And right now, you'd rather have Amari Cooper than have Travis Kelsey. You, he had almost 1,300 yards this year. You'd rather have Amari Cooper than have Travis Kelsey.
1: And David Njoku over any Chiefs wideout.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I mean even their... I mean, the running game, I would say, is pretty comparable between the two. Like, if you look at the numbers, Jerome Ford and Isaiah Pacheco were pretty comparable. You also had Kareem Hunt. You had some other options. So, running back room is better than theirs. Wide receiver room, noticeably better than Kansas City's. Tight end room, yeah, you would take Travis Kelsey. But David Njoku last year, uh, this year, almost 900 yards. Cleveland has decent weapons offensively. Decent weapons, especially when you factor in that they really didn't have that great of a quarterback play this year. They had five different quarterbacks start this year for Cleveland and still won 11 games. So there's no team in the AFC that we think would trade spots offensively with Kansas City and the parts they have around their quarterback. We can now go to the NFC and play the same game. San Francisco, Dallas is the two seed, Detroit, Tampa Bay, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, Green Bay. Maybe Green
1: Bay? Maybe Green Bay. Uh, no, Green Bay, Green Bay's young wideouts on the whole, have performed better than the chiefs wideouts. Like Christian Watson isn't as good as Travis Kelsey. I get that. But people two through five in that list are probably all Packers. Like, do you think like Christian Watson versus Travis Kelsey, you take Kelsey Yeah. next course. up, Romeo Dubes versus rice, probably close. But after that weapons three through five, it's, you're yeah, all, it's not all close. Packers. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, and I, I would take Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, that grouping over CEH, Isaiah Pacheco.
0: Yeah. I could at least see the Kansas city argument though. It's probably a soon. wash, I but could see the it's, argument.
1: I, it's maybe six in one hand half knows in the other, but yeah, I would take the Packers weapons. Someone said, what about Pittsburgh? I, George Pickens. I mean, I, I would argue the
0: Pittsburgh Pittsburgh's running game is better than Kansas city's. Najee Harris ran for over a thousand yards this year. And Jalen Warren ran for 900 yards and had 5.3 yards per carry. They're, they're even better at running back than Kansas City is.
1: Also, Chiefs fans would trade for George Pickens and Deontay Johnson in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, Rasheed Rice is good. George Pickens is better. So I I I understand the criticisms toward Patrick Mahomes this year.
0: I am not telling you that Patrick Mahomes was the perfect player this year. I'm saying is we have now we have eliminated all the bad teams in the league. Fair. There is not a single team that we are looking like, oh, man, that team was good, but they missed it. No, if you didn't make the playoffs this year in the NFL, you are not a good team. If you needed help from Carolina to make the postseason, you were not good. You were not good. Jacksonville had a chance to make the postseason. They lost. There is not a single team that we are looking at now that we are here. Almost half the league makes the postseason. If you missed the postseason, you just wasn't good enough. So these are the teams that we think are good. These are the better teams in the league. The Chiefs are 14th in offensive skill position players this year. 14th. If the Chiefs didn't have the best quarterback in the league, they don't make the postseason this year. They don't make it this year. They only are in this position because their quarterback is really good and their defense was capable this year. That's why they made the postseason this year. I don't think they made it because they were incredibly well coached this year. I think their quarterback is special, even despite all the mistakes and flaws that they have as a team. The fact that he made it work enough to get that group to the postseason, a hobbled, banged-up Travis Kelsey, a wide receiver in Rasheed Rice with a limited route tree who they didn't really unlock his ability until the final six weeks of the season. It's not like Rasheed Rice was balling early out in the year. They didn't really get the most out of him until the last six weeks of the season. I think it's kind of remarkable what Patrick Mahomes did with this team, honestly. And maybe that is me making excuses for the quarterback. And I'm certainly not here to do this for somebody who made a half billion dollars playing football and is the best player in the league. But just, we know all 14 of the teams. Tell me a team that you think has worse skill position players in Kansas City. And if that's the case, the the blame for the quarterback, at least for me, is only going to go so far. You didn't give him a whole lot this year. You didn't give him a whole lot. For the most part, whatever team that they play in the AFC playoffs is going to have noticeably, noticeably more firepower than they do. Their quarterback is going to have noticeably more weapons than they do. From Sunday's game against Miami, potentially next week against Buffalo, and maybe going on the road against Baltimore, your quarterback is going to be outgunned going into those games. And your best chance to win those games is your quarterback being special. That's your best chance to win those games. And your defense, just playing how they've been playing. So if some people are critical of Patrick Mahomes, I get it. I'm not saying that Patrick Mahomes had one of those MVP great years either. I, that, that's not what he had. But for you to go out there and throw 27 touchdown passes and complete 68% of your passes with this bunch that you had with this team, with those guys, with MVS and Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony. To put up that kind of season and have a 90 over 90 quarterback rating with those guys, I, I think Patrick Mahomes was far better than people are giving him credit for.
1: He both was and he wasn't. Like, I don't disagree with you. He dragged, you know how we talked about last year, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats and his rising tide made that receiver group, which was largely the same, plus a healthy and juju and a better MVS. His greatness made that team a Super Bowl champion weapon group where on paper they weren't. He was still that same rising tide, and he lifted the boats. The problem was the boats are terrible. The boats are real bad. So I think Patrick Mahomes got the absolute most out of this group by his sheer greatness. I think if the Chiefs had to play basically any other quarterback this year, they would have been watching the playoffs today, not in them. Patrick Mahomes is awesome. That's correct. But, I mean, he also had a high interception year. I mean, that's on him. I mean, he had a little bit of a turnover problem in 2023. We can admit it. Both things can be true. His greatness made a group of bums and scrubs. Shout out to Barbershop. I know you love when I say that. He made that group viable or at least competent. But he also did a very bad job this year compared to other years of getting the ball to the team wearing his color. He had a lot of turnovers.
0: Text line, 913-586-7610. you only care about names or the number one guy. I take the Chiefs offense over Cleveland, Houston, and Pittsburgh for sure. NFC, you easily take Kansas City's offense over the Packers and Bucks. I'd listen to the Rams. The Chiefs win everything but wide receiver. The Chiefs don't have a better running game than most of these teams. They certainly don't have a better running game than the the Rams do. It's not close to me. Kyron Williams is second in the NFL in rushing this year. No, they don't. And the thing about Cleveland is, and I I understand why people are, like, down on Cleveland's offense. Like, I'm not telling you to, like, be super high on Cleveland's offense. Not telling you to do that. I think that Kansas City's offense is a lot closer to Cleveland than you want to at least acknowledge this season with where they've been. Like, I mean, real close to what Cleveland's offense was this year, despite the offensive issues that they had. Cleveland scored... 28 more points than Kansas City did this year. Cleveland also didn't play week 18, so they didn't need that game either. Cleveland scored more points than Kansas City did this year with Joe Flacco, P.J. Walker, and Bums at quarterback. So you can take Kansas City's offense. That's fine. Kansas City scored fewer points than Houston, fewer points than Cleveland. They scored fewer points than most of these teams that we are talking about this year with their offense. I think Cleveland is way better than people are giving them credit for way, like way better than people are giving them credit for. I actually think they're going to win on uh, Saturday. I'm I'm picking Cleveland to win. Wow. Yeah. I'm picking then,
1: Cleveland to go on the road and win. I don't know the line. I mean, maybe that's not as crazy to thought. Just consider it's,
0: it's, it's like two and a half, three, it's somewhere. In I'm there just range.
1: considering maybe somewhere an range. hour ago, you're keeping praise on the CJ Stroud as the next it thing in the league. And now he's going to lose to decrepit Joe Flacco. I mean just, Something about that off, Cleveland man. team, man. No, it's something
0: about that Cleveland team. I, 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 think Cleveland's superior. I think Cleveland's offense and defense is better. I, just, I just think they're a better team than what Houston is. You know how I am too with quarterback and first postseason game. I, I'm picking Cleveland to go on the road and win. I know you're not picking them to win. You're picking Houston. Yeah, I'm gonna take the better quarterback. Okay. I mean, at at this time, that is not the it's not the worst logic not the in the world logic. Logic. to do. Like this, the point of this wasn't even to be like, oh, the Chiefs are bad offensive. That really wasn't the point. But if you're gonna say, hey, a lot of this is on Mahomes this year. You just, you got to tell me the team offensively that you just think that. No, (laughs) like, no, the Rams offense was actually really good this year. Like they were top 10 offensively this year. The, The Rams were actually a pretty good offense this season, a pretty good offense. There is not a team that is currently in the postseason that would swap offenses with where Kansas city is right now. And the fact that they are here and won double digit games this season, is a testament, in my opinion, to how good their quarterback is with the parts that they tried to put around them. I don't think they really gave their quarterback a lot this year. But like the only team that made the postseason that scored fewer points in Kansas City was Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh just, you, Pittsburgh's not good. They're, they're a bad football team. They're a bad team. Like a really, really bad football team, in my opinion. So we can talk about Kansas City's path here coming up on the other side. And uh, it is certainly not easy for the Chiefs. Keep it right here. to so drive. Hey, Chiefs fans, it's Patrick Mahomes. Catch me every Monday with CDOT during the season on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. 610 Sports Radio. The Drive, brought to you by the deepest Esquale Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this. 610 Sports Radio. Hey, Chiefs fans, it's Patrick Mahomes. Catch me every Monday with CDOT during the season on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. 610 Sports Radio. Patrick Mahomes will be on the show tomorrow. We are recording it in the morning. So I just want to update you guys that Patrick Mahomes will be on the show this week. We've been told that he will be on the show tomorrow to get you ready for Chiefs and Dolphins. I don't want anyone to hear the last segment. and like, go back and think that I was like down on the Chiefs in any way. I was simply responding to the gentleman that said, you know, a lot of this has been on Patrick Mahomes. And I, I just, I don't agree that a lot of this has been on Patrick Mahomes. If I felt that way, I certainly would tell you guys. I don't think they've given Mahomes a lot to work with this year where I look at the other postseason teams, I look at the other teams in the AFC playoffs, and I, I just think their quarterback just has much more to work with and much more offense and much more firepower. Now, I feel really good about their game this week. and We got a lot of time to really like deep dive into why I feel really good about their chances against Miami. And if you've been listening over the course of the season, I have never wavered on how I feel about Miami. I think they are one of the most overrated teams in the NFL, and I think the Chiefs are beating them on Saturday night. But we do have to acknowledge that if everything plays to seeding, and it's the NFL playoffs, it's a one-game elimination, something can happen, something can change, right? On paper, the Chiefs have maybe the toughest path of any team in the postseason. Like, if these are your three games that you would have to win, according to seed, it ain't going to be easy. They have the Dolphins. If they win this game and Buffalo wins, they would then go to Buffalo. So we'll find out if they're playing Buffalo. We'll know that by Sunday at 3 o'clock. So we will know Sunday at 3 o'clock, at least if they're playing Buffalo or not. And then they could play the Ravens in the final game. So a home game against Miami and potentially back-to-back road games at Buffalo and at Baltimore. We could go through the possibilities of any team in the postseason. That is a really, really difficult stretch of games and of teams. A really, really difficult stretch. It is not an impossible stretch. Buffalo is a team that can turn the football over. I am not a believer in Miami. So this is not an impossible stretch by any means. I think that going on the road and beating Buffalo and Baltimore in back-to-back weeks is obviously going to be very difficult, but it's the postseason. None of these games are easy now at this point. And one mistake, one penalty, one turnover, one missed assignment, one drop could be the reason why you lose this game. But one reason I think there should be room for a lot of optimism with Kansas City is I would say for the most part, Most of the 50-50 things that can happen in an NFL game have gone against Kansas City in big-time spots, right? Most of them. The key drop, the key turnover, the key penalty, I would say more times than not have gone against Kansas City this year. You really only need them to go in your favor two times. And if they can go in your favor two times in the month of January, you can be in the Super Bowl. Because you're going to have those moments, right? I don't care if it's against Miami, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, whatever team you think it could possibly be. It's going to be a third and eight, and the ball's going to be thrown to MVS or Justin Watson, right? That's just the way football works. It's going to be a fourth and one, and you got to make a decision on if you want to go for it or not. It's gonna be a controversial. Hey, did he get two feet down? Is that a catch? Did the ball hit the ground on a turnover? That's the NFL. We watch it every week. I don't think that many of those plays have gone in Kansas City's favor so far this season. You only need like two of them. And if you get two of them, MVS dives out to make the ball and he catches it. That could be the that could be why you advance in the postseason. Think about it. If MVS makes that play against the Eagles, you beat the Eagles. If Kadarius Toney lines up one inch back, you win the game against the Buffalo Bills. That scenario, those scenarios are going to come up again in this postseason. That's just the way the NFL works. This Chiefs team is not blowing out anybody. I don't think they're blowing out Miami. They're not blowing out Buffalo. They're not blowing out Baltimore or whatever team they could potentially play. It's going to be a tight Highly contested game in the final 10 minutes of it because this offense isn't good enough to run away from you the way that they've been in years past. How do you execute down the stretch, and do you win those 50-50 plays? In the last two months, I would say for Kansas City, in the last two months, for the most part, you've lost, I would say, out of those eight plays that define who wins games... The other team has probably made five or you've made a couple of mistakes that have led to them winning the five. I don't know if you're going to need that as much against Miami, but you did have it the first time whenever you got the defensive touchdown by Brian Cook. You will probably need to make one of those plays against Buffalo or one of those plays against Baltimore. I don't think that Baltimore is blowing Kansas City out in this scenario. I also don't think that Buffalo is. Can the Chiefs execute and play clean, smart football down the stretch? They just haven't done that a whole lot. But if they do, then it drastically changes how you feel about Kansas City.
1: You see the Chiefs on the stretch have failed in those 50-50 plays. Eric B.M. used to always say when he came to the podium, you are what you put on tape. Can't I say that those, those 50-50 failings are what the Chiefs are? They they have the dropsies. The game against the Eagles. The game against the Packers. All these things. like They had the dropsees in those games. It wasn't like, oh, this one-off just didn't bounce their way. They have the dropsies. You know what they're really good at this year? Turning the football over. And again, that is not just a, hey, it bounced the wrong way in a fumble and the Chiefs got unlucky. They can clean that up. The luck factor is going to bounce back. They have consistently turned the football over. It is what they have done, not just down the stretch, in every game this season. They have consistently been penalized. You know what I know is coming on Saturday? A Jawan Taylor penalty. Because it's as sure as the sun rising. It is going to happen. It is not just, oh, he got picked on in week one. Oh, he got a questionable call in week seven. It is a consistent. Penalties are a part of this team. So you're talking about the 50-50 balls start going the Chiefs' way. Maybe they can navigate this hard path. I would tell you the 50-50 balls aren't going their way as a product of the Chiefs' shortcomings. They're penalized too often, they turn it over too often, and they drop the ball far too often. We have an 18-week sample size. I guess 17, because they didn't play in Week 18. They had a bye week. They took a preseason game. You know what they did well in Week 1 and in Week 17? Those three things. And when you do those three things, you tend to lose games, especially considering what you're describing in the playoffs against Buffalo, Baltimore, and to an extent Miami, is the margin of error being minimal. The offense can't run away from anyone. That means the margin of error is thin. And you know why the Chiefs have lost games this season to playoff teams in the regular season? It's because that margin of error is none, and they do something to go lose a game. I agree with you. They'll probably beat Miami. I just saw Van Ginkle is out. The Dolphins are beat up. You yeah. should beat the Dolphins. I'm not,
0: I'm not a believer in the Dolphins. I think they're going
1: But away. when your margin of error is zero, which is what it is to the Chiefs, I don't, I don't know you can go on the road twice. I just they, don't know you can do this it. This is
0: where you and I disagree. I don't think their margin of error is zero. I think their margin of error really comes down to one thing. You can't continue to turn the ball over the way that they have. And maybe you have just reached the point of, hey, this is this team. This team turns the football over. They don't take the football away from people.
1: That's fine. I mean, it's been 18 weeks. That I, I would right. tell you that's the case. But I
0: would say, though, if you look at this season, you look at the numbers, there are only three teams in the NFL who had a worse turnover margin than them. Three teams. I guess tied with another team. So New England, we think they are firing their coach. So the Chiefs this year were minus 11 in the turnover differential. Minus 11. The other team that was minus 11 was New England. Fired their coach, or probably going to fire their coach. Atlanta was minus 12. Fired their coach. Washington, minus 14. Fired their coach. Now, Minnesota was another one of those teams. Minnesota had 500 people play quarterback for them this year. I hear what you're saying about the margin of error. I think the Chiefs' margin of error really comes down to one thing. If you lose the turnover differential against Miami on Saturday, you were losing. Regardless of how I feel about Miami, these two teams are fairly even. If the Chiefs lose the turnover differential and they didn't the first time that these two teams played each other, they're losing. Like this team is not good enough to overcome, I would say, normal things that are going to happen in the game and also lose the turnover differential. You used to. You used to could be minus one in the turnover differential, and it didn't matter. You were going to score 35 points, and you were going to be able to overcome that turnover. So maybe we are saying the same thing about margin of error, but to me, that's the biggest thing. You can't be bottom five in the NFL at turning the football over. And when you look at the teams that you think really have a chance to win this thing, Baltimore, you think I had a chance to win it, they're plus 12 in the turnover differential. San Francisco was plus 10. Dallas is plus 10. The teams that you think really have a chance to win this, they protect the football, and they take the football away. Kansas City's entire fortune could just simply change with stop turning it over so much. Just stop. Stop turning it over so much. And if they can do that, then they got a chance to beat any team in the National Football League. Or if they don't, then they're going to be eliminated. I mean, it's kind of that
1: simple. If it's that simple, though, just stop. Just don't turn it over anymore. Then why does it keep happening? That is a trend, not an outlier at this point. We talked about it in the Lions game. And you know what? After the Lions game, I think I even said this. Hey, it's a one-off game. I don't think they're going to have the drops like this. I don't think they're going to lose turnover battle every day. It's just a bad day, a bad night. Stinks it's the home opener, stinks it's banner night, the whole deal. That that was the conversation in week 1. After they went on that little hot streak, they then played in Denver and they had a really bad turnover day and we said hey if you can clean up these bad turnovers we've seen the good football you beat the jets you smoked the bears you beat the vikings you you look like the chiefs of old this game in mile high it just, they had a bad turnover day if they get those things tightened up we've seen the good football it's there but then again we had that same conversation after the packers game we said hey, you know if they stop dropping the ball and getting penalized and they clean up those turnovers they're right in these games. They're right there. We know they can make that play. So on the text line also says, hey, the Bills game, they lost by three. You're right. But you know what we say after the Bills game? If you stop getting penalized and you don't turn the ball over and you don't get in a hole immediately because of turnovers, you have a chance to win that game. You were in that game. You probably should have won it. But turnovers and penalties beat you. At a certain point, the conversation we're having is what is happening with the team. What's that saying? The company you keep, they're minus 11 or 12 in turnover differential? Minus 11. They're in the same company as the Falcons and Patriots. And it wasn't just one-off bad luck. It wasn't they were net zero and Blaine Gabbert threw the wrong team 12 times on Sunday. It's because this is what they have done. So I agree with the text line, I agree with you. If you can clean that up, I do believe they have the ability to win. They have Patrick Mahomes on their team. The problem is I've seen 18 weeks of football where they haven't cleaned it up. Why do I think because it's going to start snowing and the calendar says January that suddenly they're going to say now it's time to stop these problems. Your problems are your problems. And when they're your problems in September, they exist in January the exact same way. Do you think the Chiefs are well coached? Because
0: I ask that because if your answer is yes, then I still think there's time. If your answer is no, because I'm looking at these teams, like I'm looking at these teams that were around the Chiefs and the turnover differential. There were six teams that were minus double digits in turnovers. Philadelphia, that looks like a team that is leaking oil and has been leaking oil for the last two months or so. They're five, they're, excuse me, they're one in five in their last six games. Philadelphia, I don't really think has played that well for most of the season. And now the Chickens are coming home to roost. Kansas City's minus 11, New England minus 11, Atlanta, Minnesota, and the Commanders. I think that all of these teams, aside from Philadelphia, are poorly coached. All of them. If you got any hope or any confidence that the Chiefs have a good head coach, a good staff, and they are one of the better coach teams in the National Football League, I think some of their problems are correctable. Now... There is no more room for it. And I know the text line is killing you about being negative. I do think there are reasons to be skeptical about Kansas City. Like, I don't think that your feeling from Kansas City doesn't come from a place based on what we have seen in the first 18 weeks of the NFL season. But I think going into this game, they have a better coaching staff than the team that they are going up against. Certainly a much more experienced coaching staff. And if you're going to have a quarterback who has played in 15 postseason games, versus a quarterback that is playing in zero postseason games, I feel really good about your experience and your coaching staff who has also played in a lot of really important games. Going on the road against Buffalo, I think Buffalo and Kansas City are fairly close. I think we saw that the first time that these two teams played each other. And it took one major mistake to swing the balance in one favor. All I'm saying is don't make that mistake. Don't make that mistake, which at least in the case of Buffalo, was a coaching thing. It's a coaching thing. So if your answer is no, you don't think they're well-coached, you're certainly allowed to feel that way. But I guess my feeling of optimism around Kansas City now that we have gotten here is I think they are too well-coached with Andy Reid to continue to make all of these mistakes that they've been. And I'm not saying they're going to play perfect football in January. They're going to make mistakes. They're not going to not turn the ball over for four straight games if they win the Super Bowl. They can't be minus 11 anymore. They can't have their normal fumble plus two Patrick Mahomes interceptions. If they do that, they lose. Can you get Mahomes to play a little bit more under control and to understand the importance of just throw it away or take the sack in that scenario? I thought they did that the second half of last season, which was a major reason of why they won the Super Bowl last year. Was some of the mistakes that stopped, they stopped happening from the quarterback position.
1: Before I answer your well-coached question, I want to say the only thing about the Bills game. Because yeah, you're right. They were one they were one mistake away from me in the Bills game. I would say that's a product of the Bills have a little bit of the same problem the Chiefs do. And no one thinks the Bills are well-coached because Josh Allen, I was on this show. We had a Bills guest on. And he said, yeah, let Josh be Josh. The turnovers are the turnovers. And afterwards, you crushed him, saying that they can't win because Josh turns the ball over too often. It's a trend, all this and that. I think when the Bills and Chiefs get together... One of the reasons those games are close is because the errors that the Chiefs make are mirrored by the Bills. Because if we look at the Bills and Chiefs' first game, obviously we circle the Tony play. Him lining up 17 yards off sides was obviously a problem. I get that. But Josh Allen also had multiple turnovers in that game. If Josh Allen plays clean football, they probably smoke the Chiefs that day. But we don't talk about it that way because Josh Allen is who Josh Allen is. He turns the ball over. I think that's the way we need to talk about Mahomes, at least in 2023. Now, to your are-they-well-coach point, man, Andy Reid's one of the best to do it. Maybe ever. He might catch Belichick one day. And he has a lot more Super Bowl rings than me. And if we ever talked football, he would run circles around me just by the sport. But you know what I always look at for a well-coached team? Are you not penalized often? Are you strong on special teams? And are you not turning the football over? Because those are coaching things. Everyone in the NFL is talented. It's not like Ohio State taking on Bowling Green where the talent gap is enormous. The talent is largely the same. But do you do the things that coaches can control well? This year, Harrison Bucker's been a great field goal kicker. I think their special teams have been good. But they have a massive turnover problem and they have a massive penalty problem. And those stats indicate that at least this season, I don't think they're the most well-coached version of Andy Reid's Chiefs. I think I think I would take every other year of Andy Reid coaching over this season because I think this is the least prepared the Chiefs have looked under Andy Reid because the other thing about coaching if we're gonna have this conversation is you know they do every week consistently they're down double digits in the first half always all the time
0: I mean that was kind of a I mean that's not new I mean that's not new I hear what you're saying that's not new they had the comeback against Houston they were down 24 to nothing in the game they were down double digits in the Super Bowl them being down early in the game, is not new. (laughs) It's not new at all. They just normally scored a lot of points and made up for it. But this team has historically started slow, historically over the last four or five years. They just don't really have the offense to get themselves out of those pickles the way that they usually do. Coming up at the top of the hour, if you were tired of Rob's negativity, someone who is on the exact opposite end of the spectrum is Mitch Holtis, voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Mitch Holtis is going to come in and tell you how the Chiefs are going to make a run towards the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Keep it right here. It's the drive.